0: welcome back to cast me to hell with me
1: Seb, and me robbie
0: and this is our episode 35 and we are on to ghostbusters
1: that is true uh, we the are going original to original be... <laughs> 1981 ghostbusters. we are going to be busting because <laughs> busting makes us feel good honestly i when i was watching this last night i was like we're just got to continue the, the the pattern of making jokes about tugging yeah. <laughs> it's quite it's
0: quite likely to happen i mean it does seem to have a quite a lot of us it does um i hadn't
1: watched this film for such a long time i just heard that back in my head and it know. doesn't sound
0: right it doesn't
1: <laughs> um we're not off to a good start no we're not but as always if you enjoy the show hit the subscribe button i'll get <laughs> that in. um yeah, so MTH podcast, CMTH podcast. <laughs> we thought we'd um we would cover the original uh ghostbusters before um we release our uh ghostbusters afterlife review yeah. um it's most likely going to be the friday uh the 19th, 19th so November. this week yeah. um that uh that we will be releasing it um and it's, it's i mean i'm quite uh, it's strange because ghostbusters for me i remember i was growing up watching ghostbusters um and obviously it was a huge it and it is a huge uh you know cultural phenomenon. Um and it is a very uh I don't know it's it's a very iconic franchise in itself. You know, we've you've got potentially some of the um f- some of the biggest kind of actors of the of the eighties comedy scene. Um, you know, Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd, Howard Ramos, uh Sigourney Weaver, Rick Moranis. Yeah, you know, you've got a powerhouse casting um so no wonder it was such a huge cultural hit. it's, it's head of a theme song that even today is still that, being played i mean that's a huge
0: part of i think what made it a cultural phenomenon as well is that ray parker jr yeah that uh, is just a in fact it's the song that has just recently it was only the other week it was back in the u like really high in the uk charts yeah. and the us charts Obviously, Halloween is always out. It's always busting on Halloween. We're always busting. But the new film also has probably added into that added nostalgia for
1: Ghostbusters. And but here's the weird thing is I never had that kind of same nostalgia for Ghostbusters as I did for as I I do for stuff like Star Wars, um, quite a lot of kind of horror films. so I think I'm you know going and look kind of going and watching this new one. It's got to be interesting because it doesn't quite have the nostalgia hooks into me, you know.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so you're not going to get quite as drawn in by that kind of sentimentality that it's probably going to have. No, like I said um,
1: to you earlier, I haven't seen the second one. Um I I remember, I remember the cartoon briefly, maybe.
0: Yeah, the car the cartoon was a bit like I I really I had I had uh, the I had VHS copies of the uh, the real Ghostbusters yeah. as it was called, where uh, the character slightly different. They're, they're still basically the same characters, but they look slightly different. Egon had like a giant blonde
1: and red glass.
0: <laughs> like yeah, he
1: had like different styles. I stuff. had an Egon Spengler toy, you know. And yeah, I, oh, yeah, so did I. Yeah, my, and my brothers always used to say though you know I would be Egon. Which, when I was young, you didn't want to be Egon Spengler, but then when you grow up, you're like, yeah, Egon is the best Ghostbuster. He's hung, <laughs> you know. um And yeah, and I, I kind of, it, it's very interesting because I think this is the first time we've covered something which is, I think, predominantly a comedy film
0: with, yeah, elements of with horror.
1: elements of horror, yeah,
0: or, and supernatural and supernatural you know. kind of stuff into it. And
1: I think that more so than kind of. Most films is comedy is the one thing that can really struggle to age well and can really be a moment in its time, you know, so yeah i mean i when I was watching this, the first thing that came to mind is Bill Murray's whole shtick in this film, like I message you doesn't he just seems when I was younger <laughs> i think, I
0: I think this, the st- i think at the start of the I think he he gets better as it goes along, but the start of the film definitely gives off the wrong message of his character genuine
1: through the whole film <laughs> he is kind of a massive creep which is weird because when i was young it was kind of oh like bill that like bill murray is kind of like that's his I mean, thing. that
0: is that is a bit of a stick that is a bit of the kind of he's the you know maybe a little bit of the kind of like he's so confident that he could get anyone kind of thing, so that kind of thing. It's that, it, I think it's, it's the, just, Yeah, the, it could go through my mind a little bit and uh, I'm not into the whole, you know it's definitely not a <laughs> it's definitely not a woke, you're like, he's no. all that like Cancel Bill Murray now, because no, I'd like to see you try. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> cancel Bill Murray. He he doesn't, he doesn't have a phone or anything. No. <laughs> the only way to get him to agree is literally. To, apparently, the only way they got him to agree to this film, and the only way most people get Bill Murray to agree to any film, is basically they have to find Bill Murray, oh. <laughs> you find him, and you talk to him, and he'll he'll probably do your film. But if you don't, he's not even bothered about a script. Or so apparently, it's more just literally like he doesn't have email doesn't have any social or any of that kind yeah. of stuff and he barely ever answers his phone. So it's literally you hunt him down you knock and, at his and door. you can get yeah. you can get him. So the yeah. predator could get him in his next film. <laughs> yeah. The predator <laughs> probably predator get him and track him down. But um, yeah, so that's what I mean. Like don't worry yeah. is that and that's the same with this film. It literally was like the only reason they got him to agree with it it was through verbal. Like they said, Well will you be in this film and he's like, Yeah and then okay. it came to it later on and they were like, You you said you'd be in the film. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like did I <laughs> <laughs> But it's but and, and but yeah, I get the yeah. kind of it's. I I think I think most of that comes out. It's it's a bit like it's only because the opening scene we given him with is being him being a little bit of a where he's being like really mean to the guy and he's being really like letting the but, hot girl have all makes, the chances and he's like very much goes he goes next to her and kind of yeah. puts her rather you know we get a little bit. But of it's that. not only that, but
1: he's like that continuously with Sigourney Weaver, you know. Yeah. And it kind of. I mean, we'll get onto it as we talk about the film more. But yeah,
0: I think, it but I do think it's more like he's like with her, it's like he's like interested in her and he's trying to have a bit more of a, but he, I wouldn't say with Sigourney's character, he gets quite as like, whereas it seems more creepy with, like Sigourney's character, she's the same age of him and she kind of gets him and she kind of brings him down a peg, yeah. I think, with her character, which is what makes that balance work, it's the balance of the teacher who <laughs> appears like let's be honest Bill Murray looks old he probably he may not have been way older but, but he, he looks f- he's always looked quite he's old. always looked like
1: he's in his 50s yeah
0: he's always look, well, I don't, like a 40 year old man like even when he was younger in his younger film was like you You look about 40 I think it's the hair but yeah. um, it's still like that he always looked quite old so if he's trying to chat up like a young girl he might have been in his 30s and that girl might have been in her like 30s as well but, but uh, yeah. looking at them it's like it seems creepy it's like a professor coming on to like the student yeah thing. it's not a great way to introduce a character the no. first thing but we are but i i am definitely meme as i'm going out and going out. so i don't think it brings down his character because he is kind of what makes this film good in some ways <laughs> see are
1: i, I uh, yeah there's some stuff of i mean we'll get into it i think the comedy
0: but, it works better because he is a good comedian yeah person,
1: his but when he's i think when he's not being creepy his comedy <laughs> is exceptional when he kind of yeah. comes off more as a bit of like a an asshole it yeah. kind of really plays into it i
0: know huh? that there are definitely anyway, like there are going to be some people listening right
1: now and be like fuck you yeah they're literally gonna drag me there's out there's nothing wrong with ghostbusters
0: there's not a single thing but I'll we are here to wrong. find them no. <laughs> <laughs> i <laughs> well, love it it's I mean, a great film i mean that I, that tones in tone, i don't think there's anything wrong with it. It's yeah and i was he's he's Dragon bill murray but he's exactly the same in real
1: life yeah i um
0: yeah, no, yeah, it, it's a bit, it, I do believe, like, it's a bit, it's a bit odd. I think it kind of calms down there because he does, like, we have a Sigourney Weaver scene where she's literally, like, trying to get, she literally says, I want you inside, like, inside yeah. of me. And he is, like, no. pushing her away. He does yeah. make a joke quip as if it's like, oh,
1: the the know, guidelines now, things, yeah. yeah, but he's,
0: like, pushing, so I think, like, but he that- avoids that, he doesn't. He, he, he's one of those ones that, like, yeah, he comes across creepy, but he doesn't act on the creepiness, and that's the main thing. Yeah,
1: it's kind of like Austin Powers, isn't it? When yeah, Austin it, pa- when Austin Powers doesn't want to shag whoever um, Vanessa hurt. Yeah, uh, it's definitely part of mirror. It
0: was part of M- Murray's like stick, though. There's even a bit of that in Groundhog Day. Yeah, it. you know.
1: Um, but if you get into the film straight away, it is. I mean, it's definitely something that was prevalent in our in our childhood. You know, I think yeah. because it was such a big cultural icon. Um, and it 's you know such a good impact um, I think the the opening of the film is just incredible, you know, the I think it sets a really
0: creepy that. kind of vibe for the opening like yeah. the um I love that in the the library yeah. I love that opening, I love the 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 books moving behind it it 's so subtly done it 's almost the point where like it is right in front of you. But you could almost miss that you're like if you're not looking like paying enough attention to it it's yeah. like you could miss all of the creepy things that are kind of going on around that lady going through i just love that whole panning shot of her going through the book like the the library she's oblivious to all of the things yeah. that are
1: going on around and it's so well done isn't it you know yeah
0: it looks seamless it's like oh wow like i can't notice like any like you know where there'd be any like lines or anything like that it's just literally like Wow, like look at that. Like visually, it's such a cool opening. Yeah.
1: And then when, you know, when we see the we don't see the ghost, do we, but we see it kind of we see, yeah, we see it a little bit later the ghost, but we We see the the the, the kind of purple aura yeah. on reflected mm-hmm. on her face and the the mm-hmm. horror and then as she screams it kinda of does do, 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 And then do, we do, get do,
0: the yeah do, again do, the do, theme do, is such do, a big part of this. Like every time it kicks in the film there's no way not to be like like there's yeah. no way not to be like oh my god i you know I, I feel pumped a little bit it is one of those songs it's one of those there are certain songs that just make it's like rocky eye of the tiger yeah it's like it's synonymous with that film you know what i mean it is pretty much one of the major things that you would know and the yeah. second you hear it you've got a link with that film you know there there are just certain soundtracks that basically just for me there are certain songs that are so iconic to a film this one obviously you can't not know what film it is because it's Ghostbusters yeah. um and yeah, say I have the tiger doesn't necessarily say rocky but again it's like um, it's, it's like Aerosmith Don't wanna miss a thing Armageddon Yeah, it's like um Celine Dion My Heart Will Go On Titanic sometimes a film can boost uh, sometimes a song can boost what that film has done. And all of those examples I've just given are all examples of where they've pretty much said, yes, because that song was such a big hit, it kept the film in people's minds and yeah. therefore made people actually want to go and experience that film again. I've seen literally like what it's talked about in studies where they said sometimes if you get the right song, it doesn't matter about the quality of the film you make. Yeah. Because that song will make people want to go, oh, I want to watch the film because I want to watch the scene when that song kicks in again. Yeah. And in this film, there are lots of iconic scenes where the Ghostbusters theme just starts kicking in and you're just like, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, fucking I'm going for this. And We're, it pumping. We're, busted. Busted. We're pumping. <laughs> We're pumping. We're busting. And
1: I think that one great thing is Ray Parker Jr., who obviously wrote and um, performed uh, Ghostbusters the song. Uh, he was a session musician for a lot of famous people so he did stevie wonder he did um i think he did shaka Khan. he he was really he did a lot of kind of playing on people's tracks during the 70s and writing stuff he had his own band i think it was called radio um and he kind of had some like relatively okay success with it but i heard that he got really fed up with writing other people's stuff and he was like i just want to write one hit for myself yeah and i want to be the one who sings it and i want it to be under my name and he wrote ghostbusters yeah. and um it became you know it's it's like one of those songs even, even the, every you even know, the music playlist.
0: video for this is iconic yeah ghostbusters with all of them dancing together you know yeah. along to ray parker jr kind of as, as his backup dancers basically yeah you know, that whole scene, it, even that's weird. It's weird seeing like Bill Murray being all like jigging along in the background like as they're walking down the street. There's so there's memes out there everywhere. I'm well, Bill go, Murray
1: looks so like <laughs> he looks so in character that he just doesn't care about it, doesn't he? Yeah. he? Looks so lazy doing it, you know? Yeah. And it's weird seeing Harold Ramus do it because like <laughs> yeah. I have you have this. Ha- Howard Ramus was obviously an amazing writer, an Direct- amazing actor director, well. director. But he plays Egon Spengler so well that to see the character E on will do with this yeah. dance just well he's weird.
0: he's one of the he because he's the one that kind of came up because he he was a writer on this yeah as well. he was, he? so he came he came came up with the concept of like he literally had seen like he'd seen like a guy in a in a magazine that was like a, the article about science and he was like that is the most science looking guy i've ever seen because howard ramus himself is actually quite a kind of was actually quite an easygoing kind of guy in some ways yeah. like he was quite like um he, you know, he was actually a bit of a stoner and things like that. Like yeah. he was in um, the, the Seth Rogen film, Knocked Up. And he said, that's basically what I am. Like him as a dad, like yeah. I was just like, putting my kids to bed and then having a split. Fast. Yeah, you know but, I mean? Like, he, but he, he obviously had a very good creative, creative mind. And like, as we said, as a writer, director, he directed some Groundhog Day yeah. directed that. You know, it's an absolute classic of a of a comedy. It's like probably Bill Murray's best. Yeah, in, definitely, like, definitely. like so. outside, of you know, this or there's a few other ones, but yeah, it's, it's his best, but yeah it, um but yeah, so um he created that character. He created that kind of stiff making himself. So his his is almost the one that's furthest from actually what he's really like. Yeah as an actor. Like his is probably the strongest performance because he's not being himself at all. He is truly being this kind of stiff, uptight kind of like character yeah. on purpose that he's only like his mind is on the science throughout the film, and that's kind of what makes it a good comedic performance as well because his like stiffness and focus kind of bounces off of the people's that he's so like in that kind of
1: zone and that's the the weird thing i had was when i was young i used to um i used to find that obviously bill murray and uh, dan Aykroyd. i used to think that they were the funniest characters in this and the watching it again i find that um egon and um uh, Rick Moranis's character—they're the funniest—and yeah. I actually think that Dan Ackwood's character is like really weak. <laughs> like watching it, I was like, Dan Ackwood is like mm. barely in this film. There's a part of the film where he goes where when he is—he's like a background in, character. He just—he just, just completely—he like disappears for like a large chunk of the film. And yeah, then just comes back in a bit more towards the end. Um, yeah well because they're all they're all like a
0: specific like obviously Egon's the brains yeah and um Dan Aykroyd's character is the uh he he's like the technician yeah he's that like he's so he's more like hands-on than thinking side of things yeah we know that Bill Murray's the mouth (laughs) yeah you know he's the talker he's the seller he's the seller guy yeah and then obviously Ernie Hudson's like an add-on which is very much sadly what he becomes in this. He feels like an yeah. addict. He does get. He's always thought of the extra one because he he is the extra. One. He comes it's in later. It's really in the unfortunate film, as well. He gets put into the background, and even um, I know that even Ernie Hudson himself, you know, he said himself that he was a. He, he, the script that he signed up to was not the script that they ended up filming. Yeah, And in his version, he was way more in it because he was cast... It's strongly believed that he... Originally, Eddie Murphy was his role. Yeah, that's that And then when Eddie Murphy wasn't doing it, they decided to he give doing... the next biggest actor, Bill Murray, way more part in the script, and they cut a lot of uh, Ernie Hudson's part out of the film. So it was but, quite sad that well, he was pushed back
1: to later because he was originally way more involved. He was supposed to be kind of around the start, wasn't he? And it's, it's a shame because I find that Kind of just looking at the film in general is that we get this really strong dynamic with bill murray dan Ackwood, and howard Ramis, and we and we kind of establish the whole ghostbusters thing very quickly um and then we just cut and then ernie hammer i keep calling him ernie hammer um ernie hudson comes along and he kind of doesn't really it's unfortunate he doesn't get a lot to do and he only kind of comes in a bit more
0: no, it kind is, of it is one of my, yeah, it is one of my, like, one of my things that was a little pet peeve, the only thing that is with this film was that Winston is very much like, I get, he's like a hired adv- and that does have, give some moments that he's yeah. like, he's the every man that gets to come in and see this, yeah. but that part of the story is never actually fleshed out enough for him to be the, to, like, he could have been our eyes in this situation, he, but yeah. he's not. Because we we don't really get enough of it. Him no, we in don't. The, eyes. the only you know, there's like the scene when they're in the mayor's office when all shit's gone to the fan, and he says like, "I've only just been in this job a couple of weeks. I can tell you the shit is, you know." Yeah. Real. He real. gets good lines like that, but he doesn't get many. You know, he gets one in in the car with Dan Aykroyd when they're talking to each other about what's going to happen. Yeah, and that's one of the biggest parts of dialogue he gets in the film.
1: It's you know? a shame because you know
0: yeah no, he, he's quite good it's he's nice good uh, i know he get he does get more to do in the sequel but still not nearly enough to do because the focus still is very much and it is very much the bill murray project i gotta be honest really? they did I'm... kind of the the they did kind of focus a lot on bill murray kind of comes and he is him and even sigourney weaver actually takes it quite a lot she's the second, the, is she? second one like what well, like on
1: the listing. No oh no, sorry, I thought you meant in the second film.
0: Oh no, yeah. Well, Bill Murray and like Sigour- actually yeah, Sigorni Weaver is a, like another big point of the second one. Mm-hmm. And yeah, Dan Aykroyd, weirdly, which is weird because Dan Aykroyd was the one who came up with this idea, created it, he created it as a project for himself and um his other saturday night live cast member uh john belushi yeah um who died before he ever got the chance to do it from a drug overdose yeah it would be interesting you know, who
1: he would have played but have
0: he played. also had his co- original concept was way bigger than what Ghostbusters was his was like a, which probably would have turned out to be awful so it's good that really? they kind of brought it down because the original was that they were uh intergalactic time traveling ghost hunters Oh, Basically, yeah. where they jump through different planets in different dimensions and stuff to go and hunt down different kinds of. Ghosts. Yeah, that was his original concept. <laughs> and then everyone who we went to talk to went, you couldn't like. So Ivan, Ivan, right. the director came on board and was like, like he came on board because he looked at it and he'd liked kind of a co- part of the concept. Yeah, but he didn't like the whole thing and kind of said, you can't film this. We'd need like a 200 million pound budget to make this weird over the top kind of adventure work in any way. He was like, yeah. I like your ambition, but you've not got, and he also said, you haven't really got a character story here. You've got a big events kind of happening. You've got some good comedic scenes, but Dan Aykroyd was actually like, he said there are, there could be, no, he said there could be some good comedic scenes, but he said, Dan Aykroyd had done it really as quite a serious sci-fi take on. Yeah. Right. And he was like, but you're, a, you're known as a comedic actor, And you, you, John Belushi is a comedian. I I get that you want to, but this is like not the project that's going to make you be seen as something more serious. Like they're just going to be wondering why two people who are known for being in big comedies are doing this weird sci-fi. It's not going to make any sense. Yeah. So so that's where, um, that's where Harold Ramis came in because they said, right, they basically said, right, we've managed to sort the funding. Almost for this film. Ivan Reitman, big director, about that, but he'd done like other Bill Murray comedies like Stripes and things like that. And, Cat- yeah. and we also had like a, a, Bill Murray had only been in stuff like Caddyshack and stuff. The fact that they got a verbal confirmation from Bill Murray that, like, yeah, I'll do it. Um, and at that point, I believe Eddie, Eddie Murphy was also part of it again. He was yes. huge Eddie at, that, was point AT. that point in the 80s. So they were both huge. So, they were like, yes, that's great. Okay, we can do this. Um, but um, when is Ivan Reitman went to Harold
1: Ramis. I think we said it was 81 at the start but i think that's because we, I yeah i think because we we uh we'd recorded we recorded episode another episode recently of something, yeah. it's, 84, it's 84 not 81
0: yeah. if we had said that earlier um and uh yeah so um he brought in harold ramus because Howard ramus had wrote written uh, some of these other than directed some other little bits by then yeah and he said he had a good voice for character and he'd already written for bill murray so he brought him in and said basically right you're going to take the ghost hunting part but we need to bring it into new york where we could actually do a f- film it you yeah. know for a reasonable cost and we need to ground this in some reality kind of thing we need to yeah. take all those crazy ideas and look in like set pieces of different monsters and stuff and bring it into reality and that's what uh that's what uh, he did so bill murray although he was part of the project the whole time bill murray didn't really add anything to it because Harold romer said i I've written for your character before. I know how to write Bill Murray. Yeah, because <laughs> right? that's what I'm doing. I'm writing a Bill Murray. A Bill Murray character is what Peter Venkman is. He's yeah, a Bill Murray he's character. Bill Murray. You know, he's a Bill Murray. So he said, I could write your character for you. So a lot of a lot of the big concept ideas, the 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 marshmallow man was always there, the stave puff marshmallow man yeah. was
1: always there. Which you know what I always thought it was? Michelin man. Michelin, Michelin Because yeah. we don't have stapler. We it. don't
0: have no. We don't have. We, I did. I remember used to thinking that and, as a kid. Yeah. And, we have the. Uh, actually, no. I think they do have that in America as well. Because I remember seeing it on a Michelin man. There's a. There's like a, a, a Family Guy sketch where uh, Chris Griffin becomes like a gangster and he kills the Michelin man by stabbing him several times. Oh, but he's like, he's really a tire. Yeah. <laughs> he's not a real person. <laughs> but yeah. Um. But yeah. So the Michelin man. Does look quite similar to the state book, Marshmallow yeah. Man. Um, yeah, so that was, that was, when I was a kid, I always used to think it was the Michelin Man yeah, <laughs> as well. I mean. But yeah, it's, so it's it, it, it had gone through quite a change. Uh, Eddie Murphy wasn't doing it anymore. They rescripted. they decided to add more Bill Murray because that was yeah. what they asked for. But they managed to get a 25 to 30 million budget for it, which mm. the studio weren't really happy with, but they were like, okay, well, you've had some big hits. We'll give you this chance,
1: guys. And of there is, I mean, well, it's got a lot of people on it, so obviously, um, a lot of the the, the main comic ad- actors that we did say in the leads, they a lot of them were Saturday Night Live, weren't they? Yeah. So uh, yeah. So um, alumni. Dan
0: Aykroyd and um, Bill Murray were Saturday Night Live, and howard ramus wasn't saturday night live but he was uh he was the canadian version which is sc tv yeah and that was like a canadian sketch show like saturday night live and that had people like eugene levy and um howard ramus rick moranis john candy yeah john candy was the original choice as well for um for uh uh Ha, uh, not harold ramus moranis's character okay yeah he was the original choice for rick moranis he was asked to do it. lewis tully that's why i was blanking on his name there. yeah lewis tully's um and john, john candy at, again rising at that point and was yeah. getting pretty big he they wanted him but he said i don't he, he literally went to them and just said, i don't know how to do that character yeah i, I don't get that character I'd, I'd have to play it in a weird way like as a weird german or something like that with dogs and stuff like that and they were just like no nah, it doesn't really work with our story um because you're gonna be chased by a giant dog, basically. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so that, that's thinking, quite interesting, the characters that came and went on this film, that like the actors that they wanted, obviously they had to have people like backup. So like Bill Murray's character, they are like, right, he said he would do it, but is he actually gonna yeah. turn up to do it? Like, is he actually gonna do it? So they had like, uh, it could have been Tom Hanks, it could have been Robin Williams. They had like a
1: whole list of, Robin of actors.
0: Robin Williams yes. And it,
1: it's weird because I know Saturday Night Live is obviously a massive thing in America. Um, and we actually we have quite a lot of listeners in America which is cool um but Saturday Night Live isn't obviously a thing here like no. people have heard of it but it's not something you can watch uh um, no now like, well now you can watch it's, it on, it's on like
0: stuff like Sky and stuff now actually but, but, but nobody actually watches but that's what that, I mean it's right. not really like a major like not back then like back then this was like Saturday Night Live was the cutting edge of like TV, like TV, yeah. late night tv it, and it was a show that wasn't scared to cover race and you know to cover yeah you know all these different hot topics and they'd go right to the neck for it and they'd also be just stupid and goofy and they were the first time of like a young cast having free speech when bill murray and dan Aykroyd were on it yeah over I, time it's kind of evolved and changed. T- you know can't be you can't say that you can't do that yeah it's not always like that but that's what i mean but back then it was like all most of the cast went on to big things it was because a, they were. And, and it like, was live and unedited. Yeah. And like, and like that's why like Eddie Murphy became such a huge thing, because it was basically like he, he Eddie Murphy came in when uh like Bill Murray and Dan Aykwood had left yeah so the big players were gone and they were like who the frick we this is the only problem they change over they get a big like someone who becomes huge yeah. and it's like but when they decide to leave who the fuck do we have like they have to hope that someone's going to replace and that's them. what seems to happen understanding, it was understand Bill Murray it was all Eddie Murphy I mean at that point the 80s was literally Eddie Murphy sat in alive he without him it was like until that point that kind of they were losing. They were losing hugely because so many had left yeah and eddie murphy just came in and fucking reigned supreme yeah. He could do whatever the fuck he wanted he was offered every film under that you know he was and the biggest it. thing and, and then, the
1: international appeal that's why i said about you know uk specifically didn't have um doesn't have saturday night live and none of these people were known for saturday night live what they were known for was the box office
0: yeah films, for, the, for those, those big films that they would uh, like done yeah. or written or made so yeah and even then, yeah, these are the big hitters. Like, these are some of the biggest hitters of comedies in the 1980s in this film. Um, yeah. And Sigourney Weaver, who at this point, she did this film because she didn't, she wasn't known for, uh, she was known for being much more serious. She was known for aliens. She yeah. was known for, like, characters that kind of went through, like, like much harder situations. And She was known for being serious. Yeah. And she was one of the ones that said i'd like to do this film i want to do something that shows that i cannot do not something just more, that. more
1: family friendly um, she she view. even
0: added because this script the script for the film was not still not in place when they started go rolling and stuff which happens all the time you know in films and stuff but you know that's a big worry for them when they're doing this she's the one that came up with the idea that she should become possessed and be like yeah. a thing of Zool and all that kind of thing so lots of the actors all got kind of a part to play in like how this film ended up being made yeah even things like um annie potts who plays you know janine yeah janine in the film the receptionist she came up with her own like costume design and the big glasses and stuff like that because
1: she, she up no getting... one was there to tell her what yeah. to do does she ended up getting piped by egon in the second <laughs> because it's clear uh, no, yeah no
0: him. she's i'm pretty sure she's with lewis tully she's with uh rick moranis what? Character in the second one yeah they're together yeah, I thought there was a big Egon vibe there. They never no, played Egon, for it, but yeah, Egon was going to be... I don't know if he dropped that pipe sometime. I, he it? must have played. You know, he must have... It's Egon you know, fucking Spengler. He must have had that busted make him feel good. Yeah, but, he's yeah,
1: going to give him a bit busted. Um,
0: maybe he did, but yeah, it's never really made clear. I don't yeah. know if he's... Uh, what he is. Maybe he's asexual. I
1: don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Dude just nuts and goes, I think. But, but one yeah. of the best... One of the things that I found really interesting, um, to, to swiftly move on, yeah. is that is... There's some, like I said at the start of this podcast, that comedy always seems to be a very much a product of its time. You know, if you look, yeah. if you look kind of mid two thousands when your people such as your Will Ferrell and that and his era of Saturday Night, Will Ferrell, Ferrell Williams, Ferrell Williams, Will Ferrell. I don't know. I don't, I don't why know why I said why. It Just weird. <laughs> sounded really weird. <laughs> I don't know why I said it weird. <laughs> but Will Fell and his kind of Saturday Night Live cohort, when they started to make these kind of a bit more out there, kind of weird comedies, and yeah. then you had people like Seth Rogen and all his boys making the kind of stoner stuff. That was the kind of comedy of the early two thousands. The yeah. comedy of the you know the eighties was this kind of was this sort of Bill Murray, um, Howard Ramis, these kind of you know trading places. All that kind of stuff dominated it, and it's it's really interesting to see because I, from my experience of watching this, is they said Bill, you know, they get fired by the university and they decide to go in it for themselves, and that's 15 minutes into it, and I yeah. think the film itself is about an hour and 45, mm. so, or yeah, around right that. that. So it get it actually gets into the setup of the Ghostbusters and into that very quickly. Yeah, yeah, you know, it does. It goes into the.
0: I, I like the fact that we get to see the whole like building the business and the Ooh. origins and so I quite that's one thing I really do love about this film is the fact that we kind of we see that kind of happening they're not established characters it's very rough around the edges they're like they're waiting like weeks on end for anything to happen for someone to actually believe them and yeah you get that because it's like you're not a believable concept like if it they're grounding it a little bit in reality yeah. um I think a little bit of the comedy kind of comes to that I like the the comedy of its time but i would say at the same that yeah comedy is very much based on you know different generations have different styles of comedy yeah and that's also why certain comedies you know certain comedies you look back on and go mm, okay this has not aged like well at all yeah. it was funny at the time but it's not funny now i don't think ghostbusters is in, within that realm because it it's very much because of the supernatural and the like the the odd nature technically of the story at the time it was a yeah. bit of a weird concept you know you guys that are hunting ghosts but it's a comedy but it's a you know but it's like everyday kind of guys that come together with their like yeah a, you know vacuum cleaner for <laughs> you know it's a weird concept but because it's in like its own little ball house all of the comedy works within that film yeah and i think i don't necessarily think the comedy's like the has aged too like badly or anything like that no, it's... it's like it's like we said with groundhog day before or if i'm thinking of a comedy i could rewatch again and again um uh steve martin and john candy um planes trains and automobiles it's yeah. a film that i could just watch again and again and i think it's still funny and like every time kind of thing not that this is full on h- comedy it's not full on horror yeah, definitely, definitely not, not. <laughs> uh, but it's not you know it's, but it's not, a it's not it is a comedy film but it's not constantly trying to make you laugh no it's not it about... knows when to do it and when not to kind of be funny yeah um which is is a good balance that we have with this film i don't think if they'd gone full on to just trying to make it all funny
1: then yeah, it wouldn't really no. work, and it's you know, yeah,
0: it's subtle in its humor in a way.
1: Yeah, for instance, when we when we see the first the first encounter with the ghost in the library, which yeah, again is kind of established very quickly. Um, mm. That's you know within the first ten minutes they've seen a ghost and they kind of go there. Um, yeah, and it looks amazing. So,
0: you know? Yeah, I I was a bit like when I rewatched this time, was, I thought that the first time they saw them, they were a little bit more phased, but they kind of went straight into like yeah okay. Okay, that's a ghost. Yes, yeah. let's, let's, let's do this. What can we do kind of thing. So it's like, I guess it kind of backs up that they do really know their stuff. But they just are just taking this by the fly, like off yeah. the fly kind of thing. Um, and one of the best things that I think about this film, and um if i am like talking about what i've kind of noticed in some of the thing for the new film yeah. is that the the that they i think they are kind of borrowing from is that like the way that they've approached the practical ghosts and stuff like yeah that one in the library with her turning from like reading a book with that purple aura it's around a her, beautiful shot isn't it? and then she turns into that like screaming monster but the kind of again stop motion like kind of a, a kind of stop motion kind of you know little like animatronics or puppets yeah. to make that come to life is really and i love it throughout the film you know this is it's sort of part of the charm of the film is the set pieces where we get to see like the, yeah. the ghosts and yes they don't necessarily stand up to like nowadays you know what i yes. mean but they are li- literally like there is you know there's slimer just eating out of the cart kind of thing yeah you know just going away at it and you know that that's a puppet you know, you can see it's like but it's, it's what adds to the charm of this film is those set pieces that they're done so well. You know, like the ghost like getting all free and released over New York City and seeing it all yeah. like kind of flying around, like with that classic kind of where they're basically you've obviously had to do like the film the the, the you know the film reel and then you've had to add the image over the top of the in that yeah. classic editing style instead of nowadays where it's just digital and then just oh just plop that into there yeah <laughs> you know i mean like it, it it's nice it's there's certain nice about that kind of old you know style yeah you know the practical effect way instead of you know obviously for them part of that was like oh this is the closest we've got to like computer generated effects is adding these parts into these parts in that way but it is a nice kind of way it goes with that yeah so uh the story um because we're kind of skating around this the story bit so they're creating the ghostbusters we have all the scenes where they correct you know they get the they get the the hearse is it like it's like a hearse? It is, is just it? like a hearse. You know that they, they kind on, of pimp it. out, and again we get like you said before about Dan Aykroyd kind of coming and going. Like he gets the hearse, and then he's kind of like working on that for a while, and we don't see yeah. him for a little while. We see him like working in the background. Like he doesn't have like tons of dialogue inside no. times. um but uh, one of the the coolest parts that happens very early in the film is with Sigourney Weaver, the eggs on oh, the yeah, countertop. That's a
1: cool one. I, and that and that seed is played up a bit more horror than it is comedy a lot you know? of
0: yeah i think because she, I, I think because her character is very much like the you know she is very much played as like the everyday character the victor who's not a part of this world at all kind yeah of thing, they really do push up some of the horror elements so the scenes we get with her in her apartment actually do get quite creepy and scary at times um so the eggs popping is just a really cool effect. yeah that's cool you know, where you're just seeing them and you're hearing them sizzle on the side, you know, where they've kind of built that kind of heated countertop so that yeah. they can boil and burst. And and then she has the whole fridge opening and we see the the Zool and the the yeah, the, dog. The, the gatekeeper and yeah. a, are you the gatekeeper kind of thing. Zool. Um so then she she goes over and we get Bill Murray straight away interest oh woman. Yeah. <laughs> As she's arriving. Um it's it is kind of Sigourney Weaver's character is the the straight man to the Ghostbusters kind of thing yeah she way. is you know yeah. where maybe we mentioned that Ernie Hudson's character might have been that <laughs> a little bit of that could have been that well, kind he's, of character I he's mean he's, kind of, and I, he's not uh, he's not with them at this point no, no he's because not. it's not until they start we get the montage
1: and then they yeah. seem to hire him but it's for me it could have been that Ernie Hudson um, I think if he'd have if he'd have been there at the start maybe as soon as they start the Ghostbusters he goes in. I think it, it could have been, uh, you know, he could have been the audience experiencing this with them and somebody who doesn't believe in ghosts and doesn't do all of this experiencing it as opposed to coming in later. And unfortunately for me, just feeling really tacked on because we've had we've, we've got this established group dynamic, you know. Yeah, we've
0: had this, we've, we've kind of, a lot of it, and as in any classic 80s movie, you must have an establishment that comes with the montage of what's happened in yes. the history. So we get all of the newspapers spinning and there's yeah. front covers with the on, there and the tv advert you know you know who you're gonna call and we get yeah. the um you know we are here for you and we also get um we get a weird scene in the middle of that montage um with dan Aykroyd, uh where he's the ghost on
1: the bed you oh know? and slimer sucks his dick <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, no, it's not slime a second it's like it, it's, Isn't it? <laughs> no, it's like a it's like a woman who's got like a like a, a white aura, she's like a beautiful oh, yeah. angel like woman who's like in front of him and like slowly goes down and then like you see him go unzip and you see his trousers yeah. unzipped and his belt back will come off and then his eyes like turn like yeah s- i'm getting sucked off right now and it's although- really weird in the middle of the montage it's like um and i uh i heard that apparently this was actually a subplot that they cut out of the film so a subplot was actually that dan Uckrow's character has some kind of odd relationship with a. Uh, with a ghost basically yeah. he has a relationship with uh that ghost um that is kind of adds it so this is where a lot of his plot kind of disappeared yeah. because <laughs> they had a slimy, side i don't know why you thought <laughs> it slime Slimer. that would be a very messy <laughs> that, that would be very messy um two types And also simon has like a huge mouth so how big is that right we know he got but we we've got, we've already, this is. A, seems to be a recurring
1: thing in this episode. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, but it is, it's just this, yeah, the, I, I get that. It just feels for a In the middle totally of the weird. montage. Yeah, about in the middle their, of the successes. It's like, <laughs> one of my successes is a ghost suck my dick. Can a ghost suck a dick? Yeah, I I, Actually, yes, because they establish you can have physical contact. Yes, they do. So technically, a, a ghost could fucking slurp down Ackle is nuts and he's just in, over this yeah, one so so
0: in which case whatever happens to bill murray when he gets slimed in that scene with slimer who knows what he got slimed by yeah he does the, and slimer got too excited <laughs>
1: or bill did. <Murray'd laughs> he busted it someone, yeah someone busted <laughs> oh
0: my god yeah uh right uh, but yeah um uh, it's weird so i think that, that might be where Dan across character went because they had a whole subplot about i don't know how it would have worked but apparently there, there is film stuff of his, oh, really? his subplot of him with this ghost where he kind of kept seeing it and he, yeah it's kind of a weird romantic thing between and they just decided right this is too weird
1: yeah because dana because um dana you know barrett played by uh, Sigourney weaver Sigourney weaver comes into the office um bill bill Murray starts his his a failed attempt to seduce her um and then they i think they kind of uh so i think i don't know if they're taking it seriously or not but they hear her account they're scanning her brain and doing all of that oh, and yeah. then they Egon say classic. yeah he gone <laughs> classic and then egon's like i'll look into research for Zool, you know see what's going on there and then he and then he says bill murray um i'll go back to us and then um dan Ackroyd. you look at like the structural you know you look at the
0: the building, the building thing. Any history with the building and stuff like that. And
1: I'm sure that, that is that is the last time we see Dan Aykroyd until midway through the montage when he's getting his dick sucked. I'm sure it is. And then the hiring of the fourth member. Yeah. It seems uh, like it seems like no, it's doesn't, ages.
0: Doesn't the montage come... The montage comes after the hotel scene.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. True. Yeah, it does.
0: Because that's when they get popular, kind of thing.
1: Okay, You're so definitely different. right. There
0: are like he does kind of jump in and out. You're not wrong that he doesn't disappear, but yeah, it does. It's definitely the montage is after the. Yeah. Um, they go to the apartment, they see all of that happen, and then they actually, you know, we got one. And yeah, we got one. Um, and that hotel scene's really cool. Hotel
1: scenes, class. you know, with
0: the you know. One is there's a reason Slimer became such a like a classic kind of thing because that whole, like, I, I got slime kind of thing. Yeah. But, like, you know, that kind of weird suspense. So it is like a suspenseful scene, but in a kind of, there is a little bit of comedic glare. Well, f- they're trying to act like they need to be this kind of, like, sneaking around the corners and not looking Bill around. Murray. Apart from Bill Murray, who's just, like, walking around
1: being, fuck it, I'm Bill Murray. And uh, I, <laughs> I noticed that in this film, there's a lot of cigarette smoking. Yeah, oh yeah, it's not something is. you see this much in films. These Dan Aykroyd, no, oh,
0: yeah. oh yeah, well they do a lot probably of probably say no, yeah, like that, I know Disney are like you can't yeah. smoke in a film,
1: but they're always smoking a dart, you know, like mm. constantly. Like there's like any, I'm sure that like ninety percent of film of scenes that Dan Aykroyd is in. Oh yeah, he's is got he's got, a a got dart. A sm- apart he's, from
0: when he's, he's getting his dicks up. I know for smoking. definite his final scene in the film, like the final shot of him is.
1: As he leaves, he's just smoking. <laughs> yeah, he's just stood there with a. Because there's the scene where he sees Slimer, and then this he's oh yeah, it drops out holding, of his mouth. Yeah. It doesn't drop; it just clings onto his mouth. I know? guess
0: it's weird for our modern to think of someone that like, someone could be walking around in a hotel and be able to have a like a Lit little smoker right? because that's a such a a distant thing for us now. Like that yeah. wouldn't have even in fact, well, even when we were young, that still wouldn't have actually been a, like a pubs and stuff like inside maybe, but not just walking around randomly like around no. certain sections wouldn't have been like cool. So it's a weird, like, uh, oh yeah, look, he's, he's, he's popping a signal. the time. yeah, yeah. I love that scene of, um, you know, the proton packs. And it's, you can't cross the, like, the I love the talk it, about it in yeah. the elevator when they're like, Bill Murray's reaction to like, what do you mean? We can't like, it, this is yeah. an important piece of information. And you haven't told me shit. Yeah. Like, what do you mean we can't cross yeah. it? Like, basically your body will turn inside out and turning nothing. <laughs> yeah, And then he yeah. kind of
1: hides behind uh <laughs> um, Dan Ackwood yeah,
0: yeah, and then they basically almost obliterate and the, uh, the the main, <laughs> yeah, and it's
1: it it's such, like the proton pack is such like an iconic thing, isn't it? And yeah, the whole the whole costume the is, time, but the whole yeah.
0: like proton pack and the trap and stuff like that yeah, is such a cool so like you all ever like that's what I mean. It's one of those things where you brought something new into the you know when everyone wanted the lightsaber. Well, I'm sure after Ghostbusters, everyone, everyone wanted brought... a proton pack. Yeah, you know, everyone wants that kind of piece of equipment. I know everyone's on fear, christmas on christmas list this year there's going to be a weird because they've done like a proper like hasbro have made a proper replica like proton pack yeah which will not just that's not made for kids that's for the fucking adults who want to be like i want a fucking pearl yeah <laughs> you know, i'm I running around away. like <laughs> probably you probably press a button, it puts a light in front of you or something yeah like that. Like, it just streams light in your face but in there but they'll be running around as if they're about to catch their own ghost <laughs> yeah <laughs> um yeah but yeah, with Slimer like throwing all of the food in his mouth and the messiness of his like practical little puppet doll kind yeah. of thing, and he just looks like a big old melted like green sl- <laughs> s- snot basically. Yeah, he does, doesn't he? Um, yeah. So I got slimed with Bill Murray kind of getting all covered on the ground, and then after this we get the whole like they're inside, they literally destroy the entire like main like dinner hall. Of yeah, the, which
1: is a fancy. Just
0: blast it in, like, this. The, the special effects as well as the the things exploding around and, you know, it, it is, for a comedy, this was high, this was a big concept. Yeah, it is. You it's a, a big mean? concept. A 25 million comedy is not something that is done. Like, back then, that wasn't, you know, you don't get that much money just to make a comedy. Even now, actually, you don't get that much money to make a comedy, because comedies are, you know, some people like them, some people don't. They don't actually make as much money as people know. It's only when you get a, like a cultural hit, or you know that the cast, because there are even ones where you've had like huge cast members. And then the film's still been a dud now because it's like, yeah, but it didn't look funny. You can yeah. put all the actors you want in it, but it didn't look good. You know what I mean? It has to be that perfect mix of cultural. But back then you put that many actors in. And back then it would have been like, yeah, I'm seeing that film.
1: Yeah. And try to think, thinking of like, uh, A film which is just comedy isn't, you know, action, because I know you know Kevin Hart and Dwayne Johnson do comedies, but they're high concept. Yeah, a bit more like yeah, action comedy kind of thing. The one I can, the one the the one that I think that is probably the highest concept for kind of just a comedy is probably this is the end, the most recent one that I can think of. Yeah, 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 Seth Rogen in that. Yeah. Yeah, where they've got all the celebrities
0: and it's like they're all dying. The end of like, the world. You know...
1: It's quite, a, it's quite a, a big concept for yeah. a horror film, a comedy film to have. And most comedy films don't have these higher concepts, do they? They're, they're often more intimate stories because that's the nature yeah. of a comedy. You know, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles is just about a dude trying to get home for yeah. a holiday and he's with John Caddy. You know.
0: Yeah, if you're going high concept, you're, you're normally bringing in another genre to mix yeah. in with it, kind of thing.
1: So yeah, so like this is the end is a good
0: example of that. But this is the end was a a, a big hit and that's because Seth Rogen's comedies tend to be low budget, big, big profit. Yeah. Um but big profit like that whereas uh, I can figure uh, uh, the watch with uh, Ben Stiller, Vince Vaughn, uh Richard Aduardi and um uh Jonah Hill. Yeah. You know the alien one which I yeah. quite like, but it was a you know, it was it was at a point when all of those stars were still pretty, you know, big. Yeah. And it was like this is them hunting aliens. So this could be, a, you know, this is almost like a Ghostbuster thing. The film was a total flop. Oh, a not shame. actually. It's not actually a bad film if you yeah. if you've watched the watch. Um, it's not actually a bad film, but uh, it's you know, it's a high concept. Which, be it fair, ben work, you
1: know, still does high
0: concept stuff. Because I was thinking of what
1: there's a there was a recent film we did about, um, in a tower block.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah, heart...
1: with Eddie Murphy. That was yeah, something uh, that... tower heist. Up, tower heist. heist. Yeah, yeah, which is. In it's you know quite a big
0: yeah that had quite a bit yeah. cast and things like that again so it, I think it's more definitely nowadays star power doesn't work the same way it once did yeah no. you can't just put them in there and just assume it's going to be a huge like hit anymore like for some reason they just don't and obviously it was a, the point with that one. Tower Heights, that didn't do as well either but that's also the point where Ben Stiller Eddie Murphy didn't have the same power they wanted no, no, you've you got to Eddie Murphy did a lot of no, no. a lot of it was nice The good thing about that one is it was Eddie Murphy much closer to he'd been in years in a comedy well um, you know but um, he'd also before that he'd mainly just done kids comedies which is like the furthest thing if you went back to the 80s and looked at bloody Eddie Murphy especially you ever raw thought, if you ever thought he'd go into children's mainly children's comedies yeah uh, but anyway um <laughs> Ghostbusters um but this is what I mean this is like the archetype of a high concept comedy that kind of does it the right way yeah it, it takes the subject matter of the ghosts seriously yeah it's the character's quirks that's funny it's not even the ghosts that are necessarily meant to be funny you know yeah. slime has got a little bit of comedy but they don't even play the supernatural part they try to keep the supernatural part mainly as quite creepy yeah. or scary or that they look quite frightening they might do funny things occasionally yes but for the most part i think that's what makes it work is the characters are quite serious about their what yeah. they're doing except maybe bill murray who's always a little bit of a jokester uh but everyone else is kind of taking this seriously
1: yeah if
0: we had constant scenes where the the ghosts were just making silly jokes and doing silly stuff all the time yeah if we had constant stuff where they were taking the piss out of their own kind of scientific knowledge and what they knew
1: yeah this film
0: would not work but no, it does. even when we've got the Twinkie scene, you know, the Twinkie, this like a 35 foot long Twinkie yeah. you know, that would weigh like 600 pounds. You know, that's a big Twinkie. Yeah. They're using it as like that device. And some people could see that as quite funny as a funny image kind of thing. But Egon's deadly serious <laughs> in the way that he's yeah. saying it. Like he's taking it seriously. Like he's just using it's what's the delivery. in front of him as yeah. an example. It kind of works perfectly because they play it seriously. But we have some good comedic part like Rick Moranis yeah uh, is that quirky you know Lewis Turley? he's like he's like you feel sorry for Lewis Tully because he's like quite a desperate kind of person he just wants yeah. to be liked and he wants to have it's almost like he, he comes he definitely is someone who you think he doesn't actually have any actual friends yeah <laughs> he throws a party with all of his like with all of his work the the people that work that uh, hire him as a accountant yeah <laughs> you know what I mean saying it's so he could do it as a tax expenditure when really he feels like um, trying to think of who Michael Scott the office he's that yeah. character he's the you know he doesn't actually have any friends outside of the office basically he yeah. doesn't have any so he's like you kind of feel a bit sorry for him uh, which is why you feel sorry for him when he's one of the ones that gets I I used to think of this for scene as actually more like I actually used to always remember thinking that like that character died, and I don't know why I remembered it that way. But when I was younger, I used to always think because I, I, it's quite a scary scene when he's being like chased by yeah, the um... by the dog. Whatever yeah, I'm calling called. it the dog. I'm trying to remember exactly what it's called, but yeah, when he's being chased, um, it, it's actually quite like a creepy scene because he. But I was trying to work out when watching it this time, whether he's the only one that could see the dog, whatever people could see. I don't. Because there's there's some things that go for this fear and there's some things that don't, that go against it. So like he said, like in the apartment, we know that he can see it because he sees the dog and stuff, but all we see is people reacting when it explodes, like we see people reacting to something, but we don't necessarily hear them saying what they can see or anything like that and obviously he says there's a bear and it bursts through the doors but all again we see reactions but when we get to the um the restaurant window you know when he's yeah help me help me help me we see him kind of hit the ground you but see, there's nothing there. there's nothing there kind of thing there's nothing there but you see him kind of as if he's fighting so it like he's like going down yeah. to the ground so i was there trying to be like is he like as in people in the building like Condéner only see and he only see and other people aren't seeing it yet because they're not kind of in that chosen.
1: Order. They're not chosen or
0: in that position. They don't I think that they're there
1: at the gate. But the whole scene at the part at his party is just hilarious. Yeah, I it, don't know why. So... I just find it so funny how uh, Rick Moranis' character is. Like every line he was saying, I was, I was like the funniest lines in the film. I don't know why. It,
0: yeah, I, well, I heard that the, the most that party scene was ad libbed by him. He was just he was just making it up like apparently like it was meant to just be a party it wasn't meant to be like a uh, that his it wasn't meant to have that sad kind of oh it's actually your. People that work, actually, technically, you're hired by these people. Yeah. Like, that's kind of a sad element. But apparently, he just made that up as, like, and started introducing them as, like, oh, this is, they work for, you know, that the, yeah. you know, they've got this kind of bond. They're in a very good position. And, like, all of that kind of, there's a weird,
1: funny sadness to it. I, I was creasing because he was like, I have, have have some of the, like, the salmon. It's from Nova Scotia. It costs 20, $25 a, a pound. I can get it 40, for $14 yeah. after tax. And then when he introduced the people, he was like, oh, yeah. You know, this is Merle and <laughs> Margaret, and you know he's a you know he's a dentist, and she's like uh you know uh, uh, I don't know I was gonna say taxidermist that's the first thing that came to my head, yeah. and he's like and and they've got like a you know two hundred and forty acre land and. Uh, and they've just you know they've got two years left to pay it off at eight percent and then he throws the he throws the coats on the docks, and i just found it hilarious for some reason you know
0: yeah no no i find it as i think his uh like his character that's what i mean there's there's so like funny in his desperation almost in a way like he's so like he's so like upbeat even though you feel like he shouldn't be happy. Yeah. I even find it we- I find it weird the people walking into it, like the idea that all these people that are like his clients are like coming to a party and they all seem so like a lot of them seem quite like some of them look quite like bored, but some of them seem like that when those people walk through the door, they seem really happy to be like, Oh yes, hello. Like if I was walking in, if I was for some reason going to that party, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know why I'd go to that party. Really? But like really if I was pie. walking in, I'd be like Walking into right now, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe people are just happy to go to a
1: party these yeah, days. It could be yeah. <laughs> these days. These days, <laughs> back to <laughs> the, the on eighty-four. But yeah, I think it does. I don't know whether any other people can see the dog or not. I'm not really sure. But... I know
0: they describe the only thing that breaks the theory is that I'm fairly certain we have. The guy, the, the, uh, like, what was he, the, the guy who stands outside the doors for the hotels? I'm uh, sure, sh- uh, sh- I don't, I not don't know. Whatever oh. they're called. The person the, you know, guards the the No, We don't have that kind of outside. It's normally only on like fancy places or things like that. Um, but yeah, he, him outside the door, he's describing it to a policeman and says something about a bear or a bear, Yeah, there's you know, a guy weird. in this room. He's got a bear he's got, got inside a bear. there. like, And I don't know if that's him saying that because he saw it or things like that. But yeah, I couldn't work out. That was one of my little fears. I was like, is he can they actually see it can anyone else see what's going on here kind of thing yeah um and we get to we get lots of these weird phenomena. obviously uh, as i mentioned they get successful winston joins the crew but there's not really much else to say because there's no actually there's not a lot of conversation or talk about like this kind of part of the story like with winston and there's not huge any conversation or him really shown doing much for a while yeah um we so we get that phenomena of um lewis tully being chased by the uh, dogs not in any specific order here um one really scary scene is i think and probably i think the creepiest scene is the dana when she comes back to her apartment um and it's it, it happens simultaneously simultaneously with the um the lewis tully being chased by the dogs because yeah. when she's trying to get him to come to the party and she says she has like a date yeah um she goes into the apartment and she sits on the chair and she start seeing like you oh see yeah the, the, background, the door starts like you see the light in the door yeah coming through and really starting to come through and then the hands the free hands like one down between her legs one
1: round the back yeah that's really cool grabs a
0: cl- another nice detail is I noticed that the- all the hands have a slightly different like one they of them is really hairy one of them is more of a blue one of them like more like scaled black. and weird yeah, it? yeah. They're, so they're all different quite different like I think meant to be like the the, the dogs um we keep calling them dogs. Someone's going to be listening to this. Going, they're eh, fucking cold. <laughs> yeah. Well, I get. I don't know. I can't remember what they're exactly called. No dogs. I know they're part. Of, you know, what's Zoola? part of the go the goza and the zool, and I know those ones, but I can't remember what the deadly and the, the demi dogs or whatever they're called. Yeah. Um. But um. Yeah. That and when she's like screaming, and Sigourney Weaver's got a good like, you know. Final girl kind of scream, yeah, you know, and then the, the chair turns and yeah, leads her towards that, the gateway. Yeah, that's awesome with the dogs and stuff. Yeah, and you see a little bit of
1: glimpse Ooh. of you know,
0: are you, you know, are you the gatekeeper? And that's then followed by the the, the scene with you know, with
1: Eddie, Eddie Murphy, the scene with Eddie Murphy, yeah, <laughs> with Eddie
0: Murphy for some random reason, even though he's not in this film, um, with uh, Bill Murray,
1: yeah, Bill Murray goes in.
0: Bill Murray goes in, and we've got this weird like she's the seductress, you know, Sigourney Weaver looking pretty hot as hell. Yeah, <laughs> she's hot. <laughs> you know, uh, with you know the shoulder draped down and the uh, very 80s style. It's all very, it's very like Bowie. Yeah, you know the, the 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 costume styles. Even when we get to Gozer and Zool, in the whole like aesthetic, the yeah. costumes as well. Very like Bowie. Yeah, that. very.
1: <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> but yeah, she's there, and we start getting the whole like. She's literally like, I want you inside of me. I want to take you know, yeah. I, I like, are you? But I like the whole. She opens the door. Are the you the gatekeeper. gatekeeper? Are you the holder of the? And he's like, no, no. Slams <laughs> the door. Yeah. Like, yes, yes, I am the gatekeeper. You know? Um, but I do like the fact that he doesn't. Um, he doesn't it's not like oh i don't know if you are or i don't know if you're just coming on to me like this is your kind of sexy like yeah this is you like because some people do fair they might get confused by the lines though she might they might just think that she's some kinky bitch some <laughs> weird <laughs> ass is, role play this is her role play man like okay but he he does seem to like jump on because obviously he's not inside her <laughs> no he's not and
1: this <laughs> um, is the this is the thing because i think the first time that Benkman, Goes to Dana's flat. And he sees there's nothing in the fridge. Then he starts to get. Then I find that's when his character is at his most creepiest, because he's like, oh, "I have to tell you, I'm madly in love with you." And then he's like, "And I'm, you know, I'm gonna do this, and I'm gonna be the best, and I'm gonna make it, and you're gonna be thinking about me." And I, I was just like, "Imagine, imagine if you hired like a plumber, and the <laughs> yeah. plumber comes round and he looks at your toilet, he fixes it, and he's like." I have to tell you I'm madly in love with you. I'd be like, all right, cheers, pal, get the fuck out of my house, you know? And if he was really pushy, I'd be like, All right, <laughs> yeah, you're i have definitely got to be calling the authorities I mean, just, and just updating. This you is
0: them. weirdly slightly funny because it's I'm imagining you <laughs> and some mad bloke plumber that comes in like
1: he's just like, I'm madly in love with you. he could be, but either way. Take me into yeah, your room and make me. love with me. <laughs> yeah. But it's just that whole thing of, like, I, I, I get I get the
0: perspective you're coming from. I'm yeah. think figure it is the classic, you know, the classic Murray charm that he comes across with that, like, because in a lot of his films, he's always, like, quite, like, straightforward, like, these yeah. kind of like, we're going to be together, you know, so he has that kind of, he makes a kind of funniness out of being, like, weirdly, overly confident that this is going to work out kind of thing. And yeah. that's in quite a lot of his comedy kind of thing.
1: So then, I, I get
0: like I'm seen yeah. it from the Bill Murray, but I can see the perspective from that. Right? And
1: for me, I feel as just as I've because Bill Murray was never one of my like favorite comedians. You know, the the I lo- there's a lot there's some of his films that I love. Yeah. You know, um, like Groundhog Day. But for me, Bill Murray isn't the one that I find funny in Groundhog Day. Mm-hmm. I find the supporting characters around him the funniest. You know, yeah. And that's the way in which I. Most Bill Murray films that I've watched, he quite is. He
0: is know. a weird balance between like the smart, like the co- he's almost like always oh, this smart cocky, but he almost is a little bit of the straight man to the weirdness yeah. that's going on around him. He's not like I wouldn't say he's a full on. He's not a full on straight. Yeah,
1: he's kind of a strange one. But that's just for me. Like, I, that's as a like watching. It's more his band, sarcasm. Yeah, sarcasm. The sarcasm like, is the kind of sarcasm. What makes him kind of. And this, funny when he does sarcasm, it's great like but, scrooged like scrooged, I scrooged. Like, And when even in this film when he's sarcastic with the guy from the epa oh yeah and with the right he's got um, no dick and with, yeah that's amazing <laughs> and when he's got the uh um the oh fuck, he's gone the when they're in the hotel you yeah. know when they're talking to the person that's just absolutely amazing you know when he's like oh you know well for capture of off the ghost, it's like four thousand dollars. <laughs> but we have a special on how are you? Know, <laughs> yeah, that that, that that
0: that and confidence kind of set like that salesman confidence, kind of really like cockiness, where yeah. he's, he's basically that's what he's known for. It is more Bill Murray is more for those scenes where he he can't, he's not, he can be the straight man, but he's always gonna have he's he's always the smartest man in the room.
1: Yeah, he's always
0: gonna come across as the smartest man in the room. No matter what you say, he could twist it into something that makes you sound like an idiot. Yeah, that's Bill Murray. <laughs> yeah like and yeah, so I I get that, but yeah, and I get why that. um But I guess for me, the another reason it kind of works it is because Sigourney Weaver's character comes across as such a strong female character. Yeah, that she's just like, nah, no, no, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not really interested in any of this. Like, no, it's fact. Like, <laughs> yeah, and then, um, but, but, but
1: when he does go, you know, goes to the apartment and he sees the possessed Dana, it's kind of awesome, you know, and he's she's lying on the bed and he's like I want to speak to Dana and she says no Dana and he's all you know <laughs> that's such an uh, that's such like a iconic line isn't yeah that, it is know? and then when yeah. he says it again and she kind of says it in the demonic voice and starts floating it's kind of amazing you know and then we get the interaction between um, uh, um, Egon who has um, Rick Moranis' character Vins Claw the Keymaster and um, he, he you know he calls her Peter or Petey calls him and they kind of talk about it and they agree to keep them separated it's a re it's just a really good scene um and there's you know the the bits where um Lewis uh Lewis Tully is running around and he speaks to the horse that oh, yeah. bit just creased me up for some reason, you know because there is oh, yeah. a lot because this film and it it's hard to tell because they because I think part of the whole idea of Saturday Night Live was that it being live, people had to I don't and like I said, I've never watched an episode, so I don't know. I might be wrong. But people <laughs> had to because it was live, people had to do semi-improv and people had to do this kind of stuff and yeah. and figure out what works and what doesn't work in the delivery of that. And because it's live, you only have one chance at that. And I a lot of this stuff, particularly you know, Bill Mowie's quite famous for doing kind of semi-improv stuff watching this film it's hard to figure out what's improv and what's not at times oh yeah
0: definitely you know, this film as i said like it, it was a quite unfinished like it, it had a story but it was quite unfinished in certain ways so it's definitely full of improv improvisation i yeah. mean but i'm fairly certain bill murray half the time I'm pretty sure one of the things bill is known for is not really reading a script properly and just making shit up <laughs> yeah <it doesn't> surprise <laughs> you know what me. i mean it's, it's not just here as i said like um rip moranis as well and sigourney weaver all did a lot of like improv in their kind of stuff that they were going to do to try and make him more what they thought made them more be- interesting characters Yeah, they obviously were like sigourney weaver literally until she was about to film like her character was a dancer not a musician like she is in the yeah. film and she said well a dancer just makes me sound like i'm fucking a dumbass who's come to help them like that changes my character. if i'm a musician who's then brought into this world it, it takes me even further away i'm not i'm not someone that bill murray's character can just get into bed with yeah whereas in here my dancer was more like yeah that probably sounds I don't know, not Maybe. to offend dancers but yeah. <laughs> apparently she thinks they're easy
1: yeah um and i think the, the you know the, the bit with the uh epa you know the environmental protection agency coming and. i love i i love that part that part of the film is just, it's really, really yeah, it's like always cool with um
0: Who's the um uh, Oh that's him. It's William uh Afton and I, Walter Peck, And Walter he's Peck, well yeah. known for um Die Hard.
1: Yeah, he is, isn't he? He's it? the I,
0: he's the he's the news reporter on Die Hard that yeah. makes their life he literally is basically the same
1: character in this film <laughs> and in Die Hard. He's the asshole that makes everything worse. I was getting him confused with and I messaged you Jesse um I can't remember his name, um he was in quite a lot of stuff and he's a relatively famous kind of bit actor and he was, he was in deadwood um and he he was quite, he was uh found guilty of um uh diddling okay. and having child porn and stuff like that uh, you
0: did you said to me yesterday someone jesse
1: someone was a diddler and i was like i don't think there is anyone I said
0: called jesse, a, diddler. a diddler in this film. I, was, diddler. I don't remember a diddler who's in this film you're just really throwing me off right now. We're recording right now and there is a leather face mask on the table. And I keep looking at it because it looks significantly quite creepy with its mouth. Open. Yeah, it's it's like
1: dead eyes staring at me. <laughs> <laughs> That's who I thought. I thought it was Jeffrey Jones who played that
0: character. Ah, uh, yeah. Jeffrey, uh, yeah, Jeffrey Jones. Was who's was a he diddler? <laughs>
1: yeah um but jeffrey jones kind of plays a day off a lot. Flat. he plays Ferris, a very similar
0: stuck-up kind of character who makes a character's life very beetlejuice large. he plays the same yeah. kind of character um you know you play it and very known for that yeah so very known for um, william that. is very known for his in Die Hard and in ghostbusters and yeah you're right i do i do remember jeff uh what
1: is it jeffrey, jeffrey jones. jones you yeah, know jeff. so i always thought it was him who played it and yeah jeffrey jones was um was you know uh was arrested for possession of child pornography um <laughs> and it was quite controversial because um obviously he's, he's registered on the sex offenders list but he still continued to kind of get work after and i think one of the most um controversial things was that he did go on to deadwood and then when they made i think they made deadwood the movie
0: relatively um long time it was like it was like 15 yeah. years later or
1: whatever. it wasn't 50 years later it was like 15 it, not 15 yeah it, it was a good it was a good chunk of time later there was, a was lo- only a year or two ago i'm pretty sure yeah there was a lot of kind of um yeah it was it was two years ago there was a lot of uh stuff about him coming back and a lot yeah. of controversy about controversy about that um as far as I'm aware, William Atherton is clean. <laughs> you know, you are slandering that poor man's. <laughs> no, I'm saying he's good. I'm no, saying he's yeah, good. No, that's why. But you're linking him to. <laughs> well, that's because I thought that. Growing up, I always thought that yeah, they would say
0: they that... are. I can see the similarities that you're thinking of. If you don't know who Jeffrey Jones is, go look at Jeffrey Jones and William Ash, and then think about their characters in the films they play. There's yeah, a similarity yeah. between the characters, they, the they kind, kind of play, characters they play as. They well. They kind
1: of play the low level, like the but they're kind the of... They're
0: yeah, they're smarmy kind of and very cocky. Smarmy, the cocky, They think they antagonist. know what's right all the time, don't yeah, they? Yeah,
1: like a low level. The guys
0: you want to punch as soon as you see them, and this is what he is. This is what Water Peck is in this film. Um, yeah, that that was a weird tangent. I gotta be honest. Like we we do a lot of like <laughs> we've had a few episodes now where we've like di- diddlers have come up. <laughs> Unfortunately, but, yeah, that was a, that that was a that was an odd tangent. But you've learned something about and <laughs> more people that you should think about that's what we say the more you know it's all about learning um But, I,
1: but the scene with the EPA is great because, you know, they're saying about it and then there's the...
0: the literally, this is like this is like turning off a nuclear bomb and thinking hey, it's not going to go off. Kind yeah. of thing. And then there's
1: the every man who's, you know, the government worker who's kind of like doesn't want to turn it off. and Yeah, you
0: know. he's like, sure, sure, the policeman's kind of there. And they're all, you know, and it just is. But it is like this Walter, Walter Peck is just the guy that straight away, you just look at him and he just... He just oozes that kind of you are an asshole like yeah. you don't give a shit you're not listening to what they're saying because obviously Bill Murray was um Bill Murray's character earlier was really like sarcastic with with yeah. him. Oh was he? <laughs> <laughs> he was seen earlier kind of <laughs> Yeah um when he'd like denied him to come into this so it's interested like now that they're like you can't do that Egon's like you know- like just stepping away and they're all there like now nope. you can see them edging towards yeah. the door like shit this is about to go really really wrong um and then that leads to that awesome scene of they're all legging it out of the uh well the ghostbusters face but the fire station basically as the explosion goes off in the hole in the roof and that's when you see Zool, you see uh sigourney weaver's character kind of her eyes open yeah. like this is the event they've been waiting for. All of the ghosts to be released, and you see them across the skyline. And you see like clips of like the ghosts doing crazy stuff, like bursting out of the hot dog vendors, trying like Slimer eating all of the hot dogs. Yeah, and all. you know um, the the creepy um, behind the bar, the creepy like ghost that appears like behind there, who um, I saw in the, I did see in the trailer for Afterlife. So, what okay. are
1: some of the ghosts are definitely back the, in the new one. The tax the taxi driver is a really cool one. Oh, yeah, yeah, that was cool. kind of comes out of the sewer into the taxi. Yeah, I always thought that. That was always my favorite one. Yeah, oh, man.
0: that's yeah. So you get all these really cool visuals and then you get the whole yeah where they're all trying to talk to it with the mayor and he's like, what the hell are we going to do? We can't like we don't want to panic people and stuff like that. But they're like, this is like, yeah, after that was the conversation with Dan Aykroyd in there. So with um, Ray and uh, Winston. So Dan Aykroyd yeah. and Ernie Hudson in the car when they're literally talking about the Bible. Yeah. And that this is like the end of days stuff. This is revelations level like and then yeah. they repeat that in the maze of and say like this is like blood pouring out, yeah blood red sun, darkness forever. Yeah. This is end of the darkness. world, yeah. judgment day shit. You know yeah. what I mean? Um and they're like what can we do and then this is when we get to what's the really cool bit. Cause I, I just love it when we kick into the whole they're on their way, like they're on their way heading towards the building kind of thing. yeah And you get the kind of music pumping in and the ghostbusters tune starts to rise. And um, we even get where everyone thinks they're dead for a second, which I completely forgot about when, it's as if it, the whole uh, Goza and you know is fighting back kind of thing yeah. because the whole the ground cracks around yeah, the it, does, doesn't it and they did literally all fall into the hole. Yeah, but then they get this kind of pump up the crowd moment where they all rise back out like you yeah. can't stop us that easily kind of thing. Yeah, it's
1: quite cool, isn't it? As they
0: go up to try, keep the shit out of Goza,
1: but this is where we get this is
0: where when we're actually up there on top of the building this is when we get some of the most iconic lines and the mo- most iconic moments yeah we've already mentioned but you know this is the whole they they see um they see like uh they see this they see zula you know um no sorry dana is like inhabited by zool but we see uh they're standing on the roof you've got uh you know is it the gate, you know, they're asking about the gatekeeper, but we have the goza who's standing there on top yeah. of the telling them everything that they're doing and that there's no way that you know they're going to be able to stop what is about to come, kind of thing. And they're all stood there with the you know, they're still there in full uniform. That's like one of the most iconic shots where they just stood there in a line together, full uniform with the proton packs, with the kind of purplish
1: creepy yeah, aura the around them. them,
0: yeah. Um and we get obviously we've got uh lewis and dana who are there kind of at the sidelines yeah. still possessed by their creatures and this is this when we get we get like um we get Vankman, just vankman man Venk- vankman <laughs> man um you know uh just going into sarcastic overload with the, the, the demonic creature
1: yeah. you know this
0: is from another realm and he doesn't seem phased at all you know what i mean it's like you know it's just like, it's stuff like, I love this plan. I'm excited to be part of it. Let's do it kind of thing. Yeah. Like, it's not like phasing him at all. We came, we saw, you know, at the end, we get the whole, we came, we saw, we kicked his ass kind That's of after thing.
1: Um, they get Slimer, I think. Is it? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's, it, that's that that when they're leaving the hotel. Yeah. So I've got, I've actually got a list of the ad-lib lines, <laughs> or some of the best ones. So one of them is when uh, the Stay puff Mask man man comes and says, Nobody steps on a church in my town. Yeah. Um let's show this prehistoric bitch how we do things downtown. <laughs> Human sacrifices, dogs and cats living together, mass hysteria. Well, why worry? Each one of us is carrying an unlicensed nuclear accelerator on his back, which is great. <laughs> yes, it's true, this man has no dick. Which I don't mm-hmm. know how you'd be able to keep a straight face if that was, you know, ad libbed. Um <laughs> sounds like you've got at least two people in there already when um uh dana says i want you inside of me <laughs> no, yes. yeah um yeah you know it's just we came we saw we kicked his ass it's just like these, these and that's what i mean it's kind of hard to know what is it what, what is, like isn't.
0: yeah obviously sometimes they're ad-libbed and then they then they all do break and then that yeah. just means they go like right that was fucking funny do it again yeah kind of thing. obviously sometimes it goes from there Um, But uh, I mean, let's be honest, the most iconic part of this is when when she says, you know, that whatever their deepest is what will kill them, basically. Yeah, whatever their whatever comes into their mind is basically what will kill them. And this is the most iconic, you know, um, it it includes like um, when Ray, like when she says to them that are they the gatekeeper like they're the God and and Ray reply. Ray basically says no. And then Winston's classic line is, Ray, when someone asks you if you're a god, you say yes. yes. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, but this is when we get the whole, don't think of anything, clear your mind, clear your mind, don't yeah. think of anything at all. And then it's just, you just see Dan Aykroyd's character in the background, like slowly, like slinking away, like he's already forced he's it, already and you start done, to yeah. hear a booming sound in the background. And they all say to each other, like, nope, I'm nothing no egon's like my mind is clear yeah <laughs> and then we start to see something in the distance getting closer and closer which is really cool because they had to build like a whole like they all had to build like a whole like set like the size of a pert to be able to do that so that someone could be like in in the costume kind of thing they had to build like a cityscape yeah. for someone to oh, just wow. be able to walk through the kind of thing like things. godzilla style. yeah that kind of stuff um and then we get the Stay path, Mar- Marshmallow Manor, which let's so remember, it's the most iconic. Like, it probably is in my head the most iconic kind of like of the Ghostbusters. I think Ghostbusters. I think Marshmallow Man.
1: Yeah, I'm sure yeah. it it was on a lot of and that's obviously step too. on the
0: church bit where you say yeah. like.
1: Um... But, but yeah. a lot of DVD covers as well. You know, I remember seeing a lot of VHSs where it was either the four Ghostbusters. It was weird because sometimes you would get the four Ghostbusters, sometimes you would get the three Ghostbusters. Yeah, and then sometimes you would get the four Ghostbusters and the Stay puff Marshmallow Man. It was kind of weird.
0: Yeah, it is it, quite up, but yeah. Well, we know how our character because the, I know that we know that the, the no, new film uses the Stay puff Marshmallow Man in a new way. but I not, know nothing. Not a giant one. Oh yeah, I've seen the it's little ones. Little ones. It's yeah. little ones. You know, the classic thing. is it's it's a nowadays. It's a classic thing. If they like Sonic originally, well then they'll like the little cute version of it. Yeah, they are like <laughs> it. You know, that's the you know, that's what the new ones play with is the mini marshmallow man. Yeah. Um the little mischievous like little almost like little like getting up to little gremlin kind of mischief kind with of thing. Naughty, Playing with Paul Ride naughty
1: boys marshmallow in here. Roaster. Roaster. They spit roaster. Um
0: yeah, yeah. So um we get yeah, and we get that whole uh, that sequence actually plays out a lot quicker than I thought though, because it kinda of gets it, does, it gets really towards does. it. And they, sh- they, then they, they go him, straight into they? like blasting him. Yeah. And then we're literally coated in the the marshmallow goo that's left over, the delicious marshmallow goo. Well they cross the shorts, don't
1: they?
0: Yeah, to try and destroy him. Yeah. And it works. And they don't get obliterated into pieces. Um yeah, so like th- that's a huge part of, of, of that play out. But in terms of Ghostbusters as like a whole, thinking in my mind kind of thing, what happens, you know. Um <clears throat> they 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 uh is it actually is it the marshmallow man that the cross streams? I thought it was to destroy no Goza. they shoot,
1: they shoot him, yeah, but then they decide to try and cross the streams on the uh portals,
0: yeah, that's what I was fit because i was I was wondering whether it was the um so yeah, crossing the streams of the portals, and yeah, well doing the one thing that they said they shouldn't do is what helps to bring them back into hell i I know for a I do know for a fact that. I know for a fact, I'm fairly certain that all of this is going to play into the new one as well. Yeah. I'm fairly certain it, it's going to follow a similar kind of Goulds bringing it back to there. And Ivan Reitman, obviously, uh, his son is the one directing the new okay. one. So it's Jason Reitman, who, yeah. who does loads of like indie, like small. So it's kind of a bit of a David Gordon Green kind of situation where you've yeah. got a really quite good and well-established um, – you know uh direct director but for more independent like indie stuff or you know or comedies or black comedies or stuff like that yeah coming in to do and you know he came up with this idea of a more like you know small time kind of so uh but Ivan Reitman was on set alongside him the whole time that's why they've been selling it as like a father and son thing because although Ivan Reitman's not directing it yeah he was literally there on set like majority of the time so he was there, like, offering opinions on what should okay. happen and stuff. He was letting his, film, his son do the film, but yeah. he was still, like, he wanted his dad kind of there. It'd be interesting to see And I think that's why that. they managed yeah. to actually get it, They managed to get the original cast members back for the new one. So that's going to be an interesting thing to see. The one sad thing, and... Um, uh, that I thought linked to this because I mentioned earlier that Harold Ramis knew Bill Murray so well, yeah, and they'd done so many films together. He'd written films for Harold, Ramis like yeah. written for him and they did. Obviously, their biggest hit together was Groundhog Day. Yeah, um, it's a bit of a sad. It's a bit of a sad thing that Groundhog Day um, was actually what caused their relationship to fall apart. Really? Bill murray yeah. and Harold ramus i know they had a fallout. they had a huge fallout they were constantly fighting over what the film like what parts of the film should be and what shouldn't be in tone and stuff like that yeah. um to the point where literally after groundhog day they didn't talk to each other really the only time they talked to each other again is when bill murray went to see him on his deathbed Harold ramus that's, that's really the last sad, time they talked it? so it was something like it was something like what like 25 years or 30 years before they actually they just didn't talk to each other again It was really sad and they did, that's why they never made another film together after Groundhog Day, because, yeah, they didn't write or do anything for each other again. Um, they'd had such a big falling out, and they were that. Because Bill Murray, probably partially because Bill Murray lives in his own little world, basically, away yeah. from everything. He never really tried to go back towards it. And it wasn't until they find out that Harold Ramis was dying that, that his uh, son or daughter contacted, found Bill Murray, and was like, you know, yeah. he's literally got days left. That's really sad end? do you want to end it in this way kind of thing and then apparently they talked to each other for hours and stuff like that and he died the next day so yeah it's
1: really sad it's quite
0: it's a it's a sad thing that like two characters like this so it's sad but um it's sad in that way and I know the new one's gonna use the Egon as like the bringing this new together it's the grandchildren and I believe that that's so that's probably for some people what again will make this new one quite a nostalgic and sentimental kind of thing because it's going to be like the kids this is egon's family but the real egon is gone Egon, Egon. (laughs) and um you know and then to have these old ones come back but also in some way they're gonna have to reference that egon's gone so you know i think that that's what's going to make this one maybe a bit so we will see when we get to it but we know that it's going to be a bit of a, some people we know based on reviews, so we'll build into this soon, but we know that it's a nostalgic hit, which some people like, and some people don't. Yeah. It's, it's going to be, it's quite a, like a sentimental kind of, it, and it's the kids. It's not, you know, it's not adults becoming ghost, but it's kids becoming yeah. like some kind of gen- next generation of Ghostbusters, which again will hit people some people might like it the whole stranger things standby me yeah. kind of style which i think they go in for that kind of that's style. that's why i get the impression but some be. people probably won't like that you know whenever you hear the next generation being passed all you can think is "Are the original one's going to die <laughs> yeah <laughs> or things like that that seems to be a way it works you know the store, star wars film slowly not them all yeah, the new trilogy, yeah you know one by one so um you know hopefully that works for them i know that stuff tends to work for me but yeah. then I'm maybe more nostalgic because I used to love the 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 animated show when I yeah. was a kid. I've I've watched all the sequels. Um, you know, I don't even think the second one's that bad of a film. It's an enjoyable trip. Some people think it's garbage, <laughs> um, and I don't even mind. And some people hate the fact, but I don't even mind the girl the girl version. It's still Ghostbusters, and I think there's plenty to explore. Yeah. in the concept of Ghostbusters, so nice. I, I think there was more to explore and i know that there was once the talk there was meant to be a third one which was meant to be the ghost but it was called ghostbusters go to hell Ooh, wow. so it was literally meant to be a full-on like that dan Aykroyd wrote wrote there's a script out there for it somewhere ghostbusters go to hell that he wrote but um it fell apart because bill murray didn't want to
1: do it <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to cover that one
0: yeah so you know it's a it's an interesting and complex kind of story for this high concept kind of comedy yeah um but it's got a legacy that i don't think anyone can kind of touch against and there's no denying that it's uh, a great
1: film yeah it's a it's a it's a a true classic isn't it it is i I think you know i think the episode before this um if you didn't check it out i know we had a little kind of break because we've both been so busy uh but we did talk about family friendly horror yeah um and we'd already planned to do a you know, we 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 were planned ahead and we did think about doing Ghostbusters and the Ghostbusters uh, afterlife review, which is why we didn't mention it. But it you know, I this is it's a family-friendly kind of horror comedy sci-fi yeah. film. I it?
0: mean, luckily the kids won't get the ducks dick sucking scene, so <laughs> no, they won't luckily um, <laughs> they won't get that one. Because apart from that, yeah, it's got it's got some scares, but for the most part, it's a fairly light-hearted, you know. The kids
1: probably won't understand Bill Murray's sarcasm, but uh well, I think they'll get the, slime. They, they'll is like the fun... sarcasm, but they won't. They won't get the creepiness, yeah, which I think works well. It works well,
0: yeah. And Slime is definitely uh, one that, like, that's why he also became a kind of iconic because Stay Puft Marshmallow and Slimer are very well known because they're quite liked by the kids, kind of thing. They're those characters, yeah. In these kind of films, if you can have a hit theme song, you can have some kind of memorable, like, you know. Made-up characters, like yeah. things like that, like like a Marshmallow Man, or, or like we have nowadays, we have our our groups or our Gremlins, or yeah. you know all those kind of things. If you can make those have a hit theme song, and then also have you know funny and have a story that makes sense, then you know that you're going to become a cult classic. Yeah, just like this one. It is well, I say cult, but it's, it was it's bigger a, it's than that. It's yeah. bigger than cult, isn't it? It's not it a was, cult classic. It's a box it's, office. It, success, it was a huge. You know? It was a big success. It made two hundred and eighty odd million, I believe on you know on obviously a slightly bigger budget but still still for it was a comedy, a box 295 slash. million i'm fairly certain for a long time it was the biggest highest grossing comedy of all time kind of yeah it doesn't you know. surprise me you know yeah um, it was a big hit
1: and ju- well just to jump over to the old social media lounge quick um so we had uh, the podcast that wouldn't die um said that it might be the funniest movie ever. Uh, Bill Murray is a goddamn American treasure, which I would agree <laughs> with. Um, and they still find it hilarious kind of 30 years later. And then uh, Dan, you know, at Bad Gamer, um, who was one of the big winners of our um, first ever competition, and he's been wearing that um, T-shirt with pride. The F-13. The F-13 T-shirt. Um, yeah, the first thing he noticed was, well, the, what he said was the ghost boat blowjob. And that it is just fucking weird. You know, and it is. And I completely <laughs> forgot really about insane. that until watching this film. And I don't know why I thought it was Slimer. You know, <laughs> I I think I looked away briefly whilst that montage was playing. Yeah, I think so. And That's looked just back a, and saw like, Bill Murray getting his dips was
0: Yeah, it was, so, yeah, it was a, a, quite a, really a beautiful, like, angel-like looking ghost. Um, so it's kind of funny. The fact that you were You were kind of willing to... Yeah, they, they for some reason Slimer sucks. <laughs> yeah, Slimer. Sucks Ray's dick.
1: <laughs> for some reason Slimer escapes and sucks and has to suck a dick. He's hungry. You know.
0: Don't know. <laughs> Ray that demon. Yeah. That his subplot was about him making love to Slimer. Yeah. You're the first ghost we caught, you're the one I keep and make love to in my dungeon. <laughs>
1: yeah. Well I mean, That's Ghostbusters. That's Ghostbusters. Do, 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 do. <laughs> um well, I mean, I hope you've enjoyed the show. If, you, uh, if you're if you a Ghostbuster and, and you're looking forward to the new film, uh, come and let us know what you thought of the episode, the film itself, and your thoughts, predictions for the up-and-coming Ghostbusters Afterlife, which we will be dropping our review on this weekend. Uh, we're over on Twitter and Instagram at Podcast, And as always, if you've enjoyed the show, leave us a uh, lovely little review and hit the subscribe button. And we will see you next week.